0: you become familia welcome to your favorite soccer hour of the week the reformed hooligans podcast presented to you by the craft factory in conjunction with ssaw i am your host osahan here with the usuals here with the usual crew we're, we're gonna be a front three today we're gonna be the front three of of Sane and sala i don't know who you guys are but i, I call mane anyhow Brian, Felipe, how we looking today,
1: guys? I'm Salah. I'm Salah. I'm Salah. Okay, that's fair. Well, I'm Bobby <laughs> oh yeah, Salina. Brian, you have that's to be for me man. though. That's,
0: those are your, that's your long lost cousins right there.
1: That's true. <laughs> oh man. That means I'm partying up. What's up, you guys? <laughs> Last week episode was really good. I enjoyed it. Great job. Yeah, man, you were missed
0: though. You know, you were missed, but we, we're gonna continue the the messy watch today. Brian, how you feeling, man?
2: oh uh good today because you know as an rb fan you know uh the rb brand was very well uh, represented today in the na- nation's league dominic sabazale a name that we mentioned on this podcast a few times um as like prospects wonder kids of the future and uh he scored today for Hungary. so shout out to the rb brand red bull
0: good class on that finish though for that goal from him and then, He's you know, a former RB alum, Timo Werner, scored for Germany. Yeah, the To Close the deal on that match. Another, and it was funny, you and I were just talking about this yesterday, Brian, mm-hmm. uh, about Timo's not necessarily a generational talent, but his finishing is top rate, especially for a pressing team. And, you know, he, he showed that again today with that finish that he had against Spain. But, folks, here we are. We are still on Messi Watch 2020, bringing you all the newest developments. It's almost as if Barcelona and Messi have become like COVID for us on this program. Every time we talk, every time you turn on the news, every time you turn on Reform Hooligans, we got to talk about Barcelona and Messi. So today, newest developments. In between this week and last week, it had come out that Man City was going to offer a crazy super deal of five years, $750 Yes, folks, million with an M pounds i'm sorry euros for messi the deal would be three years in england and then two years in uh america and in the mls playing for new york fc essentially what he would be making playing for new york fc he would be getting uh you're wondering where is all that money coming from he'd be getting a fat signing bonus by agreeing to play for that team so messi was about to get chipped off Everyone's buying it. Everyone's thinking this might happen. There are a few people who didn't think it was going to happen. One of them is on this program right now, and he'll give you his take in a moment. But as of today, well, actually, no, I take that back. Before today, news had come out that uh, Messi's dad, Jorge, was going to have a conversation with Barcelona upper brass and figure out what to do next. Initially, his talk was I don't think we can stay. I don't think Messi's going to stay. Then before the meeting, it started coming out that there was a real good chance of Messi staying. and As of today, apparently he's going to stay. Felipe, what was your spider sense saying in regards to this whole Messi saga
1: and him possibly leaving or staying? Well, I had told you guys I don't see him leaving. Why? I just think it was a power move by Messi. Like, OK, look, um, if you guys don't do what I'm telling you guys to do, I want out. One of the reasons he wanted out was because what um, Coleman Coleman whatever his name is um, said well Suarez is out of here, you know, and that's Messi's best friend. I don't know if you if you guys follow them on Instagram, their wives are always together. They're always going vacationing together. They are tight, tight, tight. So when he read the news that Luis Suarez was out of there, yeah, he's like, okay, you know what? Well, I'm out of here too. But I never really thought it was going to come to fruition, him leaving. Why? Because La Liga had had said something about this topic, I want to say, two, three months ago. That they were ready for Ronaldo to leave, but they were never, ever, ever ready for Messi to leave. They said if Messi leaves La Liga, La Liga will crash. Because I have no idea why, but they, they that's their quote. The league, La Liga, will crash if Messi will leave. So when I read that the the dad was gonna talk to the Barcelona front office, and then they were gonna talk to um to um, UEFA to try to get this resolved, I'm like, ah, this is all you know, just just to get Messi more power. In my opinion, that's how I saw it.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with that perspective. I mean, in a way, so and 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 everyone knows like what comparison like Messi is a larger than life figure in sports like in worldwide sports like that goes without saying if Messi were to have left Barcelona we even mentioned it a couple weeks ago there were only going to be really three options at best maybe even two at best so even that it wasn't really attainable even if La Liga were to let him leave but once La Liga put that report out there I think it was kind of like well so this is the situation but Messi might just be way too marketable in a country that is Spanish-speaking and he happens to speak Spanish. Yep. So that alone makes him more valuable than Ronaldo, never mind the cultural rivalries that exist between where Ronaldo is from and Spain. Uh-huh. So that, that's a whole co- – I mean, even what – there were friendlies that they would play, Portugal and Spain, even in the mid-2010s, when both teams were playing each other in the tournament quite a few times. And those games would end in nasty red cards. There would be... I remember Ramos headbutted like, somebody. And then, you know, like, a slide tackle here. So, like, they, that's what it is, mostly. But it really comes down to Barcelona's just obsession with the fact that, like, they're still angry that Luis Figo left for Madrid t- uh, 20 years ago. I said that last week. They're still they're worried that that will happen again. And that's why they're being over-cautious with us.
1: Uh, I... Uh, I would not ever, ever think Messi will go to Real Madrid, though. If that's was...
2: oh no, no, but no, nobody thought Figo would leave either to Real Madrid.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, but like you said, there is only three, like three legit teams that could afford Messi, and that's City, PSG, and Madrid. Legit, the only
2: three teams. And Inter Milan, if Inter Milan were able to have gotten. Lutero- I- I honestly
1: don't think, I honestly don't think, no, look at Juventus, look at the predicament they're in with Ronaldo, note, Serie A has, I saw, I read this article maybe three days ago, that Serie A has fallen from the ranks of great people.
2: Oh yeah, TIFO did a whole thing on this, I mean, it has whole, it has a lot more to do with the fact that a lot of the teams in Italy don't own the stadiums. So they don't get all of they don't get one hundred percent of the, the, and the yeah, the concessions, the ticket sales. And that's where a lot of the even the championship clubs outdo some of the mid-table teams in Italy. Yep. So like Genoa, Torino, clubs that have good players, mind mm-hmm. you. Palermo, when they had Dybala. I mean, all those clubs were not even putting up with championship like mid table championship clubs like a Brentford or a Fulham or a West Brom or field like those teams outdo those Italian teams. And it's really crazy to me. Yep.
1: That's
0: wild. And to your point, Felipe, about La Liga not being ready for Messi to leave, I think that's also why they decided to side with Barcelona when the the topic of discussion around Messi leaving started to center on, well, this, this is a release clause. Is that gone? Uh, is he, Can he walk away on a free? And La Liga said, listen, we're siding with Barcelona on this. Whatever team wants him is going to have to pay that 700 and was it 50 million uh, euro release clause, something crazy like that. Uh, Messi was arguing, and folks in Messi's camp were arguing that because of the way the season unfolded in terms of the stoppage and all of that, that that clause is done, um, and he can walk away on a free. So La Liga for sure wasn't ready, and they pulled every trick out of the bag to make sure that they could a- assure that. I honestly think I really thought Messi if I had to put a number on it, I would have said 40% that he was going to leave. Yeah, uh, not not 90-10 like there's like 9 not 90% staying like they said today.
1: Like but like man. listen to this. I'm reading this when Ronaldo was playing at Madrid, just this is mind-boggling. Madrid was averaging 82,000 fans per home game and away games ever they were, they were averaging like you know like as a visitor visiting club over 71,000 fans in Spain okay so when ronaldo left to juventus they went down to 68,000 home um, 68,000 fans home games and under 50,000 fans away games so how much revenue did madrid lose because of ronaldo leaving
2: yeah I mean, they probably lost are huge the huge country of support in one way because, I mean, with Ronaldo, he's the most popular athlete in the country of Portugal. So he's that, the
1: most popular athlete in the world if you go. Well, yeah,
2: yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, a Spanish team perspective, if, even if Madrid weren't, like, the size of Madrid, let's, let's take the global branding thing out of it for a second because the global branding is, is on another level. Even if you look at it from a domestic European standpoint, right? You have players from, like, the nearby countries, and that's usually what the teams were built by back in the day. And even that, Ronaldo would check all the marks for Real Madrid. Even that. So, like, now the global part of it, because of all the exposure and social media and everything else, it's it's like the same thing with Zlatan. Like, the brand of Zlatan sells itself, too. He came to America and had people that knew nothing about soccer, and people knew who Zlatan Ibrahimovic was. Two and a... So... The branding part of it itself, Messi is just—it's uh, no matter who paid the two hundred, the seven hundred, whatever million dollars. I guarantee you, Messi could probably easily make whatever club makes at a billion in three years.
0: Easily,
2: wow! Just from so the Messi front watch,
0: the Messi watch is probably officially done and dead. But it was a fun ride while it lasted. But you know what else is still on tap though? Barcelona watch. Felipe loves it. He loves to see it. Loves to see the destruction of Barcelona. Apparently, their top target right now is one, one uh, Alden from Liverpool. That is Kooman's top target, and it looks like uh, Kooman is trying to assemble um, Team Netherlands at this point to fill all those holes.
1: That they very
2: Mourinho like.
1: Mm-hmm. What is he going to accomplish with 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 Wijnaldum, though? It's like I don't. Uh, looking at the formation, what like looking at the players they they want to keep, like what is he going to accomplish with him?
0: Mm. You're asking the wrong guy. You should probably ask him.
2: I mean, what is Mourinho accomplishing by paying fifty-five million dollars for an unproven midfielder from Lisbon? What is Don't
0: what do is, that. Don't do that.
2: <laughs> don't talk about
0: Uncle Jose like that.
2: Man, I'll take new out right now.
0: I think it's just, I think it really, Felipe comes down to comfort level, which still I don't get either. Barcelona still does need to consider some sort of a fire sale at this point. And uh, I hope they actually listen to Messi and get what he actually wants, not what they think that he wants. Because at this point, when I'm looking at some of these players that they still have, if you're going to dump off a Suarez and the first player you're going to go go out and get is Wijnaldum, I, uh, it's not a good look.
2: I mean, if you want a midfielder, then why not go after... If you're going to want a veteran midfielder, why doesn't Barcelona just go after Thiago and bring Thiago back? There you go. I think their there fans would actually kind of like that. Because, I mean, there's a guy that can kind of be a stable leader, lead them into a young core. And I think for League you know, and, and De Jong, that's a nice little veteran piece for them to have there.
1: But Thiago left Barcelona at bad terms, Back in That's also very true,
2: but at the same time, he's very similar. He gives you a very similar skill set as Wijnaldum does, but I think Wijnaldum's just so much more solid in possession than Tiago. but Tiago's almost so better in the press. So, like, it's kind of tough to say, but I think if you're going to sign a 29-year-old midfielder, give me Tiago over Wijnaldum. Because I also think Tiago will come a little cheaper, being one year left in his contract. Yes,
1: sir.
0: So Wijnaldum is the, the first... First target for Ronald Koeman.
2: See, if there's any I, Dutch player Koeman should be going after, it's Malin, Belodu, Calvin Stings, um, Like, I mean, there are so many other Dutch players they could be going after. See if Juventus want to get rid of De Ligt after one year. See if – No. On that. I'm no. just saying, Barcelona have so many better options to do than, than to go after Gini Wijnaldum. I know Wijnaldum's good. It would be different. Why not Allen before he went to Everton? Allen would have been an upgrade over what they have in the midfield right now
0: oh yeah yeah and Allen very
2: similar skill that gives you everything that uh, Wijnaldum can give you and I'm trying to think of like another player off the top of my head I mean even Weston McKinney could have been an option before he went to Juve
0: yep so we'll, we'll ask you one. guys this question then how how long how long do you see Koeman lasting at Barcelona
2: half the year months.
1: half the season Eight months. Half a season. It yeah. reminds me of the Fernando Benitez to Real Madrid. That he just came in trying to change the whole culture. Like, oh, I'm going to sell this player. I'm going to get rid of this player. I don't like this player. Fuck this player. Bam. Three months later, you're out of here. Plus, I,
2: I mean, I, look at I, Everton.
1: Like, look at look, look Madrid. Like, look at Messi. Do you really think Messi's going to be happy then? What do you think? No. Nah. Like, do you really I... think he's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to give it my all because I have to. Like, no. He's like, I don't want to be here. They know I don't want to be here. They forced me to stay here. Come on. It's it's uh, how I see it. It's just a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Just tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. That Watchmen, that watchman commercial. Tick-tock, oh, tick-tock. yeah. That's it. And then Shack's in the background, like, smiling.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, it's going to be a uh, wide-open man on the right side of the field, but throws it in the dirt two yards from the line of scrimmage. That's that's what Messi's going to be doing this season. No comment. And then and – then and I'm not saying who did that, but, you know, that that's, that's – and, and then getting rid of Luis
1: Suarez. Okay. Who are you going to put up there? Uh, what's his name that uh, other striker they have? It
2: Starts with a B. Breesman? Bratwaith. Bratwaith.
1: Bradway, oh
2: on, my god, bro. that dude! Come on, bro. And so I were mentioning last week, how is that dude even on a Barcelona roster? I think on, we God, he's on a Barcelona roster.
1: Like, and then and and then you're gonna have Gris I, I'm like, I'll rather have Griezmann up there than that dude. Mm-hmm. Like play Griezmann like the way um, Atletico played him. Be
2: here's Led- the fun side though. So. I also so football daily was mentioning oh watch Kuman bring in Memphis to pie and Barcelona fans are gonna go wild. I go if they if Barcelona signs Memphis to pie, I think Barcelona fans are gonna be in a depression. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, we could talk shit about Memphis to pie all we want. Memphis no, he's a good dude. He's three a good five dude. Years at Leon,
2: but Barcelona are gonna look at this dude and be like, we're getting literally a guy who couldn't even get like who was injury prone in League One. And his name's not Neymar and Mbappe. Like, no, we don't yeah. want that. That's what Barcelona fans are going to say, too.
0: Yeah. That, and that's probably how they would set up the announcement to Barcelona. We're signing someone from League One. Era. How, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, Is it? And he's not from PSG. Whoa, whoa, whoa. uh. uh. They'll be like t feels you know? number one guy, Ibrahim Sangari, the guy sure. that like shout out out to,
1: <laughs> Shout out to Neymar, by the way. I'm happy that he's staying at PSG. I am happy. He knows there's unfinished business right there. So I'm happy about that well it also means that if
2: they win next year that felipe gets his wish which is his brand which is the only wish that he cares about so that's all that's the only thing he
0: cares for the long term shout out but if
2: hazard flops does it if hazard has a bad season next year does it put more pressure on madrid to have to make that move
1: i've been saying 2021 2022 whatever Kylian Mbappe will be rocking a Real Madrid
2: jersey, you guys. I mean, Vinicius is going to PSG,
1: and that doesn't matter. Let him go. You, should, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll buy the, I'll buy that that guy's plane ticket.
2: Hilarious. <laughs> like, you're train. Nah, he can take the train to Paris. At that I'll be point. like, you're, yeah, you're right. you know yeah, you know what?
1: Vinny? <laughs> you, know what Vinny? you know what, Vinny?
2: You're out of here, my guy. Bye. Yeah, he would oh, be there. fun. He'd be fun with Tuchel, though, low-key. Oh, yeah. Seeing as Tuchel uh, had a lot of fun with uh, Usman Dembele, too, so. Oh,
0: yeah, I, that, all that, I, that pace out there on the wings. Yeah. All that pace.
2: Although, whoever's playing number 10 is going to have to play a, uh, cover a lot of ground. Hey. This <laughs> he does not like cutting inside.
1: Icardi, what a joke of a player, man. What a joke. All that talent. He was
2: playing so good before the lockdown. And then ever since the lockdown, I don't think he was – I think he came back out of shape.
1: And that's bad as a professional athlete. Absolutely, yeah. So that to me, that's a joke of a player. Like you know, like if Icardi was top notch, they would have probably won um, the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, that I can't respect a player like that.
2: I mean, Inter, because, basically, Inter sold him. That they got Lukaku for twenty three million, considering what they got for Icardi. So yeah, kind of sad yeah. when you think about it. Wow.
0: they yes, moving sir. along then. kind of a big transfer that that, you know, officially went through this season. Um Small Club Man United got
1: Van de Beek. Huh? Yeah, Man United
0: signed uh signed Donny van de Beek, the the latest in a long line of vans to sign to United. We had Edwin van der van nisselroy Robin van Persie,
1: and now we have Van de Donny Beek. Vandebeek. And you know what? Um i thought he was going to Raúl, man like the rumors yes. were out there since the winter that ham and Raúl oh. came to an agreement and ajax and Raúl came into a uh, 54 million euros or whatever and mm-hmm. bam united took him.
0: yeah it, it i guess things fell apart once the 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 stoppage happened because up until that point it was pretty much a done deal yep Oh, I don't. I, and, I guess. And, I was,
1: and I was so excited because I'm like, okay, now we could get rid of Modric and we could just slot in Van Beek, right next to Valverde and Cross. Yeah, I was like, that would been nasty. I was like perfect midfield, two youngsters and and a veteran like Cross, like no complaints. And then you have Casemiro in the back of them, so nothing's gonna happen there. But nope, you know, United did what United does, do slimy things and. Rob wow! Wow! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. FFP is never, never FFP
0: is never a problem with us, and I don't see him getting ruined. I hope um, you, I mean, right? it's, not like, it's not like
2: United didn't open up their wage bill by having Alexi Sanchez go out the door.
0: No comment. It was that necessary.
2: helped their wage bill and It was necessary. I mean, they still got to get rid of one Phil Jones, but and know. Chris
0: Smalling. Chris Smalling. Uh, the At role, this point, though, the point, though, I don't
2: think it's worth it to get rid of him, though.
0: Depending on on what uh, on what center backs they they end up bringing in, I don't.
2: I mean, they missed out on Miller Gaze. so that yeah, can... that's well, frustrating. And it's not like I mean, big, big 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 Baran, bar- bar- You want you uh, want, bar-
0: yeah. I I would take him. Problem is, I don't think. I, I think after that performance against was that City. Yeah. I think horrible. people are like, yeah, nah, we're good. We're good. I know he yep. was on the radar a few seasons ago, but now he's, we're good. We're good.
1: And, I, and I think I told you guys like three, four episodes ago that that um, there were discussions that Veron to Chelsea was like a possibility. Mm-hmm. And you guys were like, oh, why? I was like, I don't know. But I guess Madrid knows something we don't know. Yeah. Maybe
2: Chelsea, Chelsea were willing to open the books up if Thiago Silva wasn't available on a free. I mean, if- a lot of, actually, you know, it's crazy. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been completely insane had Thiago Silva went to Inter Milan. I wouldn't have been completely surprised by that, not at all, not in the least bit. Uh, mm. But the thing is, I don't think Conte is going to make any moves. I think if Conte were making a big move this summer, they would have signed Thiago Silva and then De Vrij. I think the Messi move would have been in motion had they signed Silva. Because imagine going in for Inter. De Vrij and Martinez would have to be in the deal, no matter what, for Barca. Because there's no point of accepting otherwise. Right? True. Oh, that might have been... an Inter might say, well, if we're not going to get a top-notch player, then why the hell are we going to get rid of Stefan De Vrij? So, yeah. And, and I think for Barca, Ronald Koeman would want De Vrij. I mean, there's a comment mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking as Osahan just mentioned, the Dutch connection a little while ago. So... But when it comes to United there isn't a big center-back market. Like, there's a lot of good, young, talented center-backs, but a lot of them are kind of set or have contracts or, or it's just not the position right now for teams to sell. So, like, Upa for example, wait 12 months, but you end up having to go 40 million, but you're also going to have to compete against Bayern Munich, where Munich already have kind of an uncom- a very big competitive advantage for Upa Meccano, seeing as he already plays in Germany.
0: Yeah, and he had pretty much agreed to personal terms with them, anyways. Before right. resigning, so I think Nicholas Sula. I,
2: think Nicolas Sula
0: if he, I want. I'll take
2: Nicholas Sula. Sula in the Premier League is a star.
0: Give me big Sula,
2: six five. Bundesliga, there's too much speed in Bundesliga for a guy. Yeah, I'm not saying he's
0: slow because he moves very good for a guy that size. His size, yeah, six five two something, but he's he's just the right pace for mm. the Premier League. I would take him... He could United.
2: be like a... He could be a Van Dyke type of impact for, for a certain team. I'm not saying he would be that for... He'd be better than Maguire, for example.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Now, most football manager simulations, Sula always goes for 75 to $95 million. So Jeez. that's Maguire territory. But he had a big injury this year. He came back and was on Bayern Munich's big part of their Champions League comeback in the second... He was. He was. So I'm happy for Sula. And what happens with Jose Jimenez at Atletico Madrid? Yeah, that, guy, that apparently a lot. That's the guy apparently Madrid are going to probably replace Verano. Jose that's Jimenez is a it's a stud. That Uruguay he is the best South American defender.
1: Uruguay, who take over him? Who would I take over him? I will take Marquinhos.
2: Yeah, all right, as a defensive midfielder, yes. I think if you're putting the defensive midfielder in the defensive category, yes. But I want Marquinhos in my counterattack. So that's why I'm out of that equation. He's the most talented defender. No, if you're talking most talented player of all the defenders in South America, Marquinhos by a landslide. Yeah. But if I'm talking best defender, that's Jimenez. And it was Diego Godin beforehand. I'm a, I, I, I'm a, I always appreciate Diego Godin always appreciate. I
1: appreciate how Uruguay develops center backs. If you, oh, if, you yeah. back, if you go back every world cup they have a uh, two center backs that are top notch world class. Like I'm talking about world class center backs. They do not get beaten defensively. They get beaten because they have no midfield all the time. They have attackers, they have a good defense, they just have yeah. nothing in the midfield. No, no, but now no, they do. Yeah. The they've way. had a lot of
2: they've had a lot of midfield players flop. I remember Nicolas Gaetan was a big deal for Atletico Madrid, yeah, and yeah. then that didn't work out. He's in the MLS now. No, so but now, now they player. do
1: have a midfielder by the name of Federico Valverde. Yes, that boy is a monster, and is going to. I, I I'm predicting he's going to be in the FIFA 11 within the next three years. That's how good that boy is. Hmm. That's how good that was. That's why they
2: didn't go after Van de Beek. They might have been less compelled because they feel like Valverde already checks all those marks. Plus, the Bios kind of does too, to be honest. True that. True. It's just they signed Kroos to that ridiculous contract extension that made no sense to do. Uh, but- I like Kroos. I like Kroos.
1: Um, whatever you I say,
2: Kroos. Kroos is what?
1: magnificent.
2: Kroos. Oh, absolutely. But For what, I feel like at 29, like, you knew Ronaldo was going to be out the door. You know Modric is going to be out. I feel like Madrid should have just gone full, re, uh, full revamp instead of just trying to keep half and half. But then again, obviously, look at this year. They won the La Liga.
1: Yeah, but, like, so, I think the way you build a team is how Madrid did. Like, okay, you know what? I know we're losing some of these veteran players. And, okay, let's replace them with young players. But you got to keep some sort of... Veteran leadership and that's what they did. Look 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 at e- Militao came in Didn't start every game, but I'll take Edder Militao over any anytime
2: Yeah, I'm just glad they're not pulling a T. O'Kara like Germany and freaking PSG do and play him at oh. right because that would annoy the crap out of me It's not that it's not that a is bad because Adair is a very good athlete for a dude. That's like 6'1 one playing, like, center back and playing out in the wing. Like, he is really natural out there. He looks better than Kara does out there, actually. But the thing with Kara is that he's such a good defender that, like, he if he loses the ball, he's such a good counterattacker. I want to see if Militao actually develops in that sense. But I feel like Madrid want to use him as a center back only, and I really like the sound of that. They use him right-side center back. So this way, in a three, in a defensive three, he could still do a lot of those ball playing that a lot of the ball-playing defender roles that he did in Brazil, which is what got him signed to Madrid in the first place. Yep. Which they might actually have Militao as the Ramos replacement. He might not be the Ramos replacement. He might be the Ramos replacement, and we might not even know it yet.
0: Wow. It's before,
2: true. We, before we switch up and hit up a
0: couple more, I think, quick, fast transfers, uh, real quick, tactically, Brian, where do you see van de beek fitting in on united
2: um i see him as well now actually we were talking about two weeks ago bruno fernandez playing more as a blind playmaker kind of like what it's Sporting. i think with D- van de beek you put van de beek back there i mean i know you what he's more of an attack-minded player you can kind of have them vice versa but like you put van de beek on the ball and he'll figure it out that's almost like what Madrid have kind of done with Valverde. they have just kind of like, hey, we're just going to play him with Modric and Kroos, and he's just going to fill in the place that they are not
1: at. I hope they play him right next to Pogba. Mm-hmm.
2: Me too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I actually kind of like Van de Beek more as the 10, and Bruno playing more back because I want to see Bruno take more long shots. I want to see him actually shoot and actually open up. you gonna he's see got
0: how, it, yeah. he's got a see cannon
2: too. How much room? You got to see how much room Martial and uh, Raptor are gonna have to work with.
1: Oh man! Uh, look, the cannon Bandeauik has. The cannon Mason Greenwood has. Oh, we're gonna see a lot of fireworks coming from uh, Smart. If right
2: they here. can figure out, if they can figure <sighs> out that right wing, yeah. if they can figure out that right wing situation. Yeah. Man United are, are, are set. Now, I wonder if Man United can get Zaha on a cheap re-sign. I wonder if that would work.
0: They actually can. They, they have him on... I think they... Yeah, they
2: can. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing,
0: yeah, though. It
2: actually work. I think Zaha with this United team would actually work. This
0: go-round, it worked, yeah. Not like the last go-round, but this one for sure, it works. And he wonder if they didn't have Beek,
2: Depay I mean, and... Zaha would actually kind of fit the two spots they need right now, at United. Right. And the, the way that, they
0: with the, that front four, um, I mean, that's the kind of room and freedom that a, a Zaha or a Depay would need. Okay. We 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 shall see. Scrolling along though, guys, some quick hitter transfers. What are some transfers that are on your guys' radar right now? We'll start with you, Felipe
1: well, it already happened like a week ago or so. I love that Rakitic to Sevilla move for 1.5 million, cheap, and Sevilla needed mid- midfield help. Is Rakitic top top flight like he like he was five years ago? No, but is he better than what they have? Yes. So I love that move. Rakitic to Sevilla solidifies that move. Um, solidifies that midfield, in my opinion.
0: He said, "I'm coming home, folks.
1: I'm coming home." Yep. Oh, my God. By the way, Rakitic's wife is... God God damn. That's all I got to say. Football
0: wives. What what do they call them? Wags? Yeah. Wives and girlfriends. Soccer players. Yeah. Bro.
1: She is... Woo! A hot. A hot tamale. God damn. No, no... I will not be complaining. And then if we go to England... The move that I really like, like really, really, really like, is that Donny van de Beek one. It's like United's getting a very good player, man. Very good. So, United should be fighting for a top four, top three in the Premier League. It's going to be hard to beat, you know, Liverpool. It's going to be hard to beat that new revamped Chelsea team. Man City's always going to be there because they have the best player in the world, Kevin De Bruyne. So... But that Van de Beek, man, that's pretty good. Pretty good signing, man. I 39 million euro, not bad. Cheap. They really needed a midfielder. So hopefully they get a center back because Harry Maguire ain't it. Big
0: facts. Big facts. Brian, what's on your radar?
2: Well, since Felipe mentioned uh, um, England and Spain, I'm going to mention uh, France and Germany real quick. Um, So in France, one of my favorite German players, actually, the last couple of years, um, if you play FIFA and you use Bayer Leverkusen, you're very familiar with him. Kevin Wallen signs with Monaco. Now, a couple months ago, I remember telling you guys, I think I haven't, I think Monaco are going to spend big this year because their academy had a big, big season in the second half of the year before the COVID strike ended. Like some of the youth prospects were really getting through. Sadiq played quite excellent for Everton. And now they're actually getting veteran moves to actually try to make a push. So I feel like Monaco are going to make another run. So let's get ready for that. And then, you know, Germany, like, we're still waiting on to see what the hell's going on with if uh, Dortmund's going to sell Sancho. But in the meantime, you know, we'll wait to see if RB actually is going to sign a striker to replace Patrick Schick, who left to go to um, Bayer Leverkusen to replace Kevin Vaughn. So, two very interesting transfers because Werner and Schick played well together. But Schick couldn't play well without Werner being on the pitch at the same time as him. And it was really frustrating. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if Danny Olmo is going to be the striker at this point. Very Kai Havertz-like. Hmm. So, I'm also, not a what I thought about.
1: Also, um, I'm happy, um, you know, um, if I if I go back to the English Premier League for just a quick second, mm-hmm. Castagne, Timothy Castagne to Leicester City, that's a good move.
2: Great move, especially good. with the Chilwell deal being like double that. So that was good for Leicester.
1: Good move, good move. And also Maddie Cash to Aston Villa, really good move.
2: That very well. Aston Villa just went from, Aston Villa went from like an average defense to a pretty good defense just with having it back there.
1: Matty Cash. Matty Cash. He will,
2: he'll only be there one year, though. Um, uh, he'll be moved again next summer. That's,
1: Probably million, I could tell you that, though.
2: Easily, and I think I thought Lester was going to be interested in Matty Cash. I felt like Lester was not going to want to spend big, but I feel like with Atlanta and everything they do attack attack wise, and Chillwell being a very attack minded fullback, I feel like Castagne was just a perfect mentality fit for Brandon Rogers. But I feel like Cash could have done a lot of the things. Opposite of Ricardo Pereira that Ricardo Pereira has been doing, which is like the ridiculous tackles per 90 rating. The fact that everyone calls Ricardo uh, Pereira the best right back in the world that nobody talks about. Um, And also keep in mind, another guy, Cedric Suarez to Arsenal. People forget that he got moved in January from Southampton. But um, Arsenal, if they move on from Hector Bellerin to PSG, what business from Arsenal? Right, so they get if they get thirty five to fifty million for Bellarine and they brought in Cedric Suarez for like eight, eight and a half million because he basically stamps he stamped his feet out of Southampton like Hoyberg did. Yeah. So wow. I know. So a lot to think about.
0: Those are some interesting prospects. Definitely. I, I can see within the Premier League, at least in England, Chelsea is going to, Chelsea is not by leaps and bounds, but they are definitely going to be a threat for the throne. Um, Arsenal definitely will be improved over last season. I I honestly had Arsenal finish in the season at like 13th or 14th place. See, I still that.
2: wonder, I still wonder if Arsenal's going to sell Lacazette.
0: I think it might be an 11th hour deal. I think Lacazette But I, but I feel like
2: if they should sell Lacazette, they should go sign Odson-Edouard from Celtic.
0: Oh, that's not a bad move at all.
2: He is like a Lacazette clone. It's not. The more movie. I watch Edouard, I, watch, I see a young Leon Lacazette.
0: Mmm. I like that. Yeah. I like
2: that. I think with Arsenal, that would work. And I think him and Nketiah would be fun going forward. Ooh, yes. And Aleta ba- Abamyang be an inside forward, which allows him the ability to be more creative. I know he likes playing the nine and he talks about it all the time because I think it's more of a pride thing for Abamyang, mm-hmm. But like, much better as an inside forward, as a left side. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think he got so sick of being second fiddle to Pendovsky, and now he's kind of like, even though he is the first fiddle, he's kind of like it's Abomie and Lacazette. Like he's kind of, I think like Obamiang just wants like him. I f- I feel like he just wants like that, you know, kind of like thing where it's like him and his army kind of deal. Like he yeah. wants someone to be behind his lead. I feel like it was oh, frustrating yeah. for him right. at Arsenal, but. Yeah. Arteta seems to want to build it around him, so that's that's kind of a good thing for Arsenal. That's the yeah. one guy they should keep.
0: And they're 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 finalizing his deal. Yeah, I think in a matter of days. At first, it was kind of up in the air, but they're finalizing his deal right now. Arteta, and
2: then guendouzi has got to get get up out of there.
0: Well, he's going. They, they he's been on he's been on exile since that incident against Brighton, where he choked a player at the end of the match. Yeah. Arsenal. I'll give Arteta credit for this. And we said this, I think, maybe one of our early episodes on this program. Arteta brought the one thing that you need in any club, any organization, and that's culture. And he, they, they may not have had all the pieces necessarily, and they got quite a young squad. However, he brought in and instilled a sense of culture and organization to that team on and off the pitch. Because prior to, to him, uh, under Emery, they look – I, they look like they had no identity, no character as a club. Arteta came in and, and put them on lock, and they have shown the necessary improvement. So I think all they're doing now is building on that great foundation that he set, yep. um, and continuing to water it. So next, Don't forget,
1: don't forget, don't forget. I said he was the, the best hired. Remember, we had that episode.
2: That's right. We were... You said
0: he was the best, and Brian said. Right,
2: and Ancelotti and Everton is doing work right now because Everton were in 16th place when our Ancelotti got hired. Yeah, and even though they finished the season 11th, let's keep in mind that, um, well, let's put it this way: Everton could have easily been West Ham.
0: Oh, yeah. true.
2: Yeah, they were as bad as West Ham at one point. Let's yeah. let's let's get that. And Tottenham were pretty bad too. So,
0: side note: shout out to West Ham. Getting a special message from one Triple H, the wrestler, telling Declan Rice to stay.
1: <laughs> you
2: no, know, well, Dean Gama did not. Dean Gama did not get the memo. <laughs> no,
0: not at all. He said, Can we talk about
2: Fulham for a second? Because I feel like the bottom half of the table, we get a little off oh, of Fulham. Yeah. Uh, so there were a pathetic side to you. Let's just not let's just cut to the chase. There were a pathetic side in the permit. Um, (laughs) two years ago. I think they scored like 13 points. Um, But I like, all right, so Bertrand Traore from Leon. Now, Bertrand Traore is a very frustrating player. He's another one like a a Thomas Lamar or um, like, you know, and that group of players, like, you're so good, but, like, where is this all the time? And this is the same Bertrand Traore that in the Champions League games, even though Leon got as far as they did, there are probably like four or five other players I noticed before him. So, like Max Cornet, for example, or Bruno Guimaraj, for example. Or, I mean, Manuel, Hassan Alor is another level of star Leon. Memphis Depay. So, obviously, Leon had their stars, but like Treore at Fulham kind of offers a little bit of a different what Fulham already had. Dian Gana is a much better finisher than people give him credit for. I think West Ham are making a mistake letting him go back to Fulham because he is like a smaller Mikel Antonio. He, he plays at the same work ethic, the same pace, the same tempo. And for Fulham, putting him next to Matthias Pereira, who's a much more technical midfielder, which is why it didn't work for him at the sporting, because they already had someone like that, Bruno Fernandes. So that's why it didn't work for him. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Fulham this time around. But they're also mad at the Sessignons. Like, they're not, they don't want Ryan back, and they're trying to sell Steven really badly. So the only thing I know about Fulham right now.
1: Oh
0: phalum. Fulum phalum phalum. Yeah. Folks, Fresh. transfer, transfer market is getting hot. The engines are flying. Can't wait to see what else drops. Because I'm sure there's still at least another, I'd say minimum two to three splash signings that we're gonna hear about that might have some draw jaws on the floor. So stay tuned, beautiful people. Next though. Let's switch gears just a little bit. We're going to switch just just a hint, just a tad, and talk a little bit about the politics of the game, or, or I think the role that politics play in the sport of soccer. Now, in the current climate of our world that we live in, there are we're dealing mm-hmm. with issues of racial unrest.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: seeing nationalists, the rise of nationalism across the Western world you're seeing a rise in, in uh, what, what is it, because of the Me Too movement, um, rise in, in talk of equal rights for women. And so one of the, along that talk of equal rights for women is we've seen uh, the resurgence of the conversation around equal pay. And one place where this is glaring is in the soccer world. So it's come out today recently that uh, equal pay is going to be a thing for the soccer playing women of Brazil. Brian, you were the one who first kind of dropped this bug in my ear. What are your thoughts?
2: I always, I'm a firm believer in the fact that the free market determines what, you basically judge your own worth, right? So like, you gotta be your own agent, essentially. So like, if you know for a fact that like you, I always feel like you can control your own situation. I feel like for the women, you know the Brazilian women did a much different strategy than the American women, and I feel like that's what's going to be the narrative. Watch the next couple of days; I guarantee all the typical American pundits are going to go, "Look at what the Brazilian women did. They didn't make an outcry. They didn't call out American politicians. They didn't do all this. Well, I bet they did, just quietly because it's Brazil." But like, you know what I mean? Because I feel like America, everything gets so magnified and everything else, and there's some projection to it because people are so used to tradition and everything the way it is. They're like, "Well, you don't deserve to make more because you're not as good as the men, or you know, you're not as entertaining as the men, or this." And I go, "You know what? At the end of the day, if the Brazilian Federation is willing to pay them that much, well, it's not coming out of my pocket. But it could come out of it could come out of the ticket sales, though, or the merchandise." And other things. But I guess that's that's the story down the line.
1: Let me play devil's advocate. Go for
2: it. Go for it. Do you
1: really think... Let, let's just name a, a Brazilian woman player. I think her name is Maria. She won, like... I think, Yeah, like, I think she won FIFA Player of the Year for, like, the Ballon d'Or, like, three straight years, back, like, yes. five, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Will you rather see her play
2: or Neymar play? Well, oh, that's a, that's that's a given. I mean, again, I think the women's game. I think the I think in women's soccer, even not to put women's basketball kind of in a position where they're not like in the same leverage, but the women's World Cup, ratings-wise in America at least, they do really well. And even in Europe, the women's World Cup does really well. They get massive press coverage. They get massive advertising. They get all this.
1: They do, they do, and that's
2: the thing. And they they at least get that piece of the pie. So I feel like on the international stage, sure. On the club stage, I know for a fact, based on what I've seen on the Sky Sports transfer Market, the women that are making the moves over to the English and the Real Madrid and the French leagues that are expanding rapidly over the last couple of years, as far as money and what they're offering some of these players, they're not getting what the women are getting They're not getting what the men are getting paid, but the wages are much better than what the women were making in the United States, for example. Like, like five years ago where, you know, American players in the women's league were making like, what, $90,000, a year or something. So at least it's that. I mean, at least you're getting into the six figures. I mean, we got to get progress, you know. I feel like the TV deals and the advertising, that's what got a lot of these leagues the money they have. I mean, look, the NBA 40 years ago was on lockouts. They used to pre-record the playoff games and put them on TV. That was long ago. I mean, even the Premier League, even the Premier League, they had they had games where they were pre-recorded and put or pay-per-view as an American viewer. So it's not that crazy.
1: Okay, but this is how I see it. For the international level, yeah, I, I agree. They should be getting paid equal pay. Why? Because they do they do get great ratings. They great they get great sponsorships. They all that. That's very very true. Like when the World Cup is on, for like the female World Cup is on, I, I'm watching. I know you guys are watching. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun Absolutely. to watch, right? That's but a do great you really, do you really sit down and say, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this Real Madrid versus Barcelona female game"? No.
2: That's where that's where the big divide is right now. I think that's where the biggest hitch, I think, between. Because even women's basketball in the Olympics, people watch. In the Women's World Championship, maybe not as much as the Olympics. But again, it's, the buzz is there. The talent's there. It's just how do you get people engaged into like, investing in the talent year-round? And I feel like in the men's game, we've reached that point in society where now it's commonplace. And I feel like it's going to be tough to kind of have more of that when there's already so much sports out there. But now it's just like you're feeding people more which in essence should be a good thing because people want more sports, especially after COVID when it seemed like people were like desperate for anything to be on TV. But at the same time, you know, with how fast-paced everything is in the world, you know, is it, are people going to be afraid, are owners going to be afraid to invest in a phase where it's just going to die out? And that might be another fear for why the women's game hasn't grown the way that maybe the women like because, again, you have people, it's easy for the women to say, well, yeah, we're good and everything else, but those business owners are putting a lot of money on the line to try to make money themselves. And that's unfortunately what it is as a business. It's a free market capitalist society. Well, it's an image of a free market capitalist society. I should say.
0: So that's fair. That is fair. I'm looking forward to see where the rest of these conversations go in terms of equal pay for women. I don't know if here in the States, that that conversation is going to go very far or that that conversation is going to make much progress, just given the, as we talk about politics, how the issue is taken and overly politicized and turned into something that is an issue of the right versus the left. Uh, So I think in this climate that we have right now in the States, I don't know if that's going to get very far. But I'm interested to see internationally, where how that conversation continues to grow uh, you you look at the women's Premier League in England, uh, that's growing it in, in terms of its stock. Uh, women's uh, the Women's Champions League, though, like these things are growing. It's just a matter of the same thing with the WNBA here in the states It's just a matter of people actually genuinely appreciating the game and not just looking at it and, and throwing on the we all know the the, the cover all well. They're good for women. No 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 no. They're good athletes. Period. And they need to be appreciated. They need to be paid their due. So listen up, folks. Give the women what they need. Not just what they want, but what they need as well. Give them the bag, okay?
2: Sheesh. I also wonder how the Premier League is going to manage. Because obviously the Premier League, a lot of the soccer teams in Europe have done the solidarity, the pregame needle for Black Lives Matter as well. Kind of sticking on that topic. Uh, well, along the lines, as well, of the topic. And I wonder how the leagues are going to be very um, how they're going to handle this from a public relations perspective, because obviously the players have very much taken a united stance, the majority of the players. So that's another, whole, you know, front on that angle, too. And I'm sure the women's game will be dealing with those issues as well. So, I mean, that's a whole that's a different thing that both everyone in the world will be uh, dealing with as well.
0: Fair, fair indeed.
2: I heard a whole. I heard the Ortegstein podcast um, that came out um, Thursday morning, and right. yeah, but the point is that the Premier League they don't. They've admitted to the public. They've admitted to some of the Sky Sports reporters and, and some of the league sources. They're like, hey, you know, we want to we want to make sure that this comes out genuine and right instead of just. And I feel like I give the Premier League a lot of credit because even though they haven't said anything publicly, they've let players kind of operate, and they're not. And no, it's not like anybody's coming out and like, oh. You know, was just I mean I'm sure there's this but like not the team not the Premier League officials they're kind of just letting everything happen the way it is just watching it and that might be the best thing they could have done this kind of people wish the NBA kind of did I know like some of us amongst us like the people we talked to like some people kind of wish us the NBA like let the players do what they kind of wanted to do with it instead of trying to say well we have to do it along this way and along this way but I also feel like with the NBA there's already so many set rules in the nba because of what stern kind of set uh all those years ago trying to change the, the image of the league not to get too far into basketball but i feel like it's kind of the same conversation because obviously the nba is on right now but i also wonder how the leagues are going to handle it based i mean especially italy after all the problems they had last season
0: italy's the one i'm watching the closest that's the one i have my eyeball on the closest the, the premier league I like their approach, like you just mentioned, and I think it's going to be something that continues. I don't see this going away anytime soon with the Premier League, especially I when... Mean, League One
2: seems to be... League One seemed to have been the most vocal, despite the fact they didn't play. A lot of the League One... That's true. true. Look at League One. I mean, a lot of their players... A lot of the players that go to League One are young players from Africa. So, like, yeah. the, the language As we talked about in our prior episodes, like, the language barrier is a big deal for a lot of players. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes moving to a new place not so foreign. Right. So... I think for France, I mean, I, I like the League One's response the best out of them so far. But I feel like the Premier League's taken the right approach because there's so many moving parts in the Premier League, and that think about also
0: with the Premier League, like we mentioned, I think it was in the last episode, these especially teams like Manchester United are known for having the big Europe, the big uh, England national team star on their team. And you look at the young crop of players coming out of England, the young stars, they're all black. And so you, mm-hmm. you're either going to have to make sure you stand up for these guys. You look at someone like a, uh, a Marcus Rashford, who uh, took the stand that he did this year, not just in terms of race, but also in donating terms money. of yeah, donating With cover, money, yeah, for the school uh, meals and, and everything, funds for the school meals. Right. Uh, Mason Greenwood is is a future star as well. Um, Jaden Sancho, you know, he's over in. in Germany, we know he's coming and over back on the
2: blue side of Manchester. Raheem Sterling is Raheem Sterling. Uh, very, very well spoken. I would, Definitely. I would say, very much like Jalen Brown and and in, in the NBA, very much like yeah. he's a very intelligent speaker.
0: Well, Raheem Sterling, because of of his outspokenness and the stand that he's taken, I, I even remember he wrote a letter um, to a, a young fan who had detailed some of the things that he had endured uh, as a kid, and Raheem Sterling wrote him an encouraging letter. But Jordan Brand was looking to sign Raheem Sterling. Uh, because of the stance that he's taken. So keep an eye out for that as well. Hoping that these leagues continue uh, to stand in this fight as we continue to talk about not just equality, but equity as well for people of color, particularly Blacks throughout the world, especially in these regions and these places and these nations that were part of colonization. With that being said, folks, (laughs) you're Um, welcome for the That could, that concludes another episode of the Reform Hooligans podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know what time it is, folks. Listen, like, subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review, leave a rating, and share this. Okay, we we are as far as I I'm concerned, as far as I've observed, and you know, you guys could maybe back me up on this. You know, we we I think we're pretty unbiased. In our takes, given that even though we have each of us have a favorite team, you know, we're pretty unbiased in our takes. So, if you want some unbiased takes, please continue to listen, share with your friends. We're honest about our teams, we're honest about the rest of the soccer world. Why? Because we appreciate this beautiful game. So, folks, until next time, I'm your host, signing out.